Yeah, I come into a dark spot in my house, like the smallest spot that I got, put a blanket over my head to make sure there's no echo, and as well, put the micro- put the uh, phone up to the microphone so they can hear you. So this is a really weird setting that I have right now. That, that, I really hope no one walks in right now, dude, because you're going to have a ton to explain. I'm doing it for a podcast. Leave me alone. You don't understand my art, Dad. <laughs> Not a phase, it's who I am. All right, welcome to Culture of Personality. Here we are with Nighthawk. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? Yo, 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 what's up, man? I'm doing great. I'm actually not stuck in traffic traffic's actually moving so that's a plus for the record for any new listeners here daniel or nighthawk as we like to call him he is always stuck in traffic somehow some way man all right well daniel what'd you think of the greatest royal rumble biggest event to ever hit saudi arabia in the 2000s i thought it was better than i thought it was going to be there all right so a lot of people have had a lot of more like moral issues with this thing and how Saudi Arabia wouldn't let the women participate. The Saudi Arabia, like, sports commission, I don't remember the official title, like, released a statement that said, like, hey, we're sorry that this ad with women played during the Greatest Royal Rumble. So it's caught a a lot of flack, and I get that. But here, I'm going to look at it from an optimistic point of view. If WWE can be the start of change for women's equality in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, then I'm all for it. Yes, it sucked for the women not to be on that match because of Saudi Arabia's antiquated laws on their books. But it's one of those things where WWE went in and was very respectful of their culture and they have this whole thing called Vision 2030 where they are trying to be more inclusive in their laws. So I think it's a step in the right direction. And if WWE is a part of that step in the right direction, then I'm all for it. We'll see what happens in a few years with Saudi Arabia and that Vision 2030 may not even ever come to fruition. But let's look at it from an optimistic standpoint that if there is change coming, then WWE got in on the ground floor. And that's great for business and great PR for them, to be honest. But yeah, I was just like, I'm just trying to be optimistic mystic about it seriously like yeah there's a lot of things you can look at what happened with the greatest royal rumble and all that and be very like just downtrodden about it be very pessimistic but i want to be cautiously optimistic about this yeah i think that i do too because like we as wrestling fans connect together otherwise that's why we wouldn't be doing this podcast i think that we can connect with those in saudi arabia because i think the very positive benefit about it is in that that was the most that we had really seen about saudi arabia i don't look at the news that much i don't do any of that i just i don't know much about Saudi Arabia and what's going on right now and that opened up a whole new thing for me to be able to look into that and to be able to see what's happening over there and you know the fact that that they've began in a more progressive kind of way into the future and stepping into what they need to be I mean they just recently passed a law for women to drive so I mean it's like big things are happening all because of a young ruler and they showed Black Panther first movie to be shown in over 30 something years excellent choice by the way to show exactly and so it's also a thing where they're taking pride in their country it's really interesting how this is all turning out to be i think that it's good because i mean that's great for business i mean they were just in canada this past week you know the monday that followed the greatest royal rumble if you think about like 
the women's revolution and the women's division have co- have come so far in the last five years. Just being treated like a person and not an object. So I get it if you're pissed that the women couldn't perform on this show. But you have to understand that Saudi Arabia has a much different culture than the United States of America does. And if now, for the first time in their history, they're allowing women to drive, you know, there, there, there's hope and there's reason to be optimistic. So, in your mind, you, you find it to be worth it that <laughs> WWE has, I don't want to use the word sold out, but they've really invested into this. Yeah, I think so. And hopefully it won't, but it could it could definitely maybe come back to bite them but let's just hope not well in recent news there's already been been a bit of backlash already the most recent news is davari both of the davari brothers have been receiving death letters yes yeah and that was something wwe did very poorly i thought about the greatest royal rumble like i get it like saudi and saudi arabia and iran have a very very complicated history and i don't know all of it but i just know they have a history because there are two countries in the middle east that exist and that's not insensitive that's just truth it just seemed very insensitive from wwe to throw out two iranian performers to mock people from saudi arabia that just it wasn't it wasn't a classy move and that was definitely the worst part of the night there's nothing like a thing of nationalism to get the to just for a cheap pop there's nothing like some good old-fashioned political tension Mm -hmm. to really get things riled up in my opinion that's developed into a cheap pop so you know it is it is and here's the thing obviously saudi arabia fans are gonna pop for that but those of us in america just really really thought it was awkward man well i bet that's what a lot of people thought when we would see things that would be like america versus you know whatever like the league of nations or whatever we want to fill into the blank there uh where the foreigner's the bad guy and yeah exactly you know it's becoming a thing where like foreigners are like my favorite wrestlers. So I, I'm yeah, and it's just it's like an old worn out trope oh, that yeah. shouldn't be used in the WWE anymore. It was good back in the '80s and in the '90s, maybe a little bit. Uh, yeah, but now I don't know. It doesn't work as well, and it shouldn't because. You know, I, I believe that the Davari brothers are, are fantastic wrestlers. But yeah, I agree. And I don't, I don't want to say that they're the best and going to be remembered as such because, I mean, it's really interesting just how far kind of WWE went with the cheap pop. And I guess they didn't think about that in the afterthought, but it is what it is. With that, we've kind of talked about that, and I guess, I guess we'll let our listeners know what happened yeah, the, yeah. At, now that we've talked about all the controversy surrounding the Greatest Royal Rumble, let's actually talk about the matches that happened on the Greatest Royal Well, I was talking about with the Davari brothers and everything that oh. happened. So let's let's, oh, let's clear the air because that hasn't even been cleared yet. The Davari brothers came out to four contestants who had won their opportunity to potentially go to NXT and work down there to become future, uh, I guess in WWE terms and the way that they used it, superstars. Anyways, the Davari brothers come out and they're going to fight with these potential prospects and Davari, both Davari brothers are just tearing into both of them. The older Davari brother gets beaten down while the one who is currently signed to WWE and is on 205 Live didn't, which was good for him because we didn't need him buried. We needed the older one who doesn't work for WWE. WWE. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So. Act, like here's the thing, it actually works well for Arya's 
character because he is a heel. So, like, of course he abandoned his brother and his his brother's time of need because he's a heel. Exactly. That's the only bright spot of the whole thing. That's the only thing is that he's not buried and he's still doing well in 205 Live. So there there you go. I mean, exactly. that's about it. Let's get to these matches now. We've we've done our talking about all of this and our rambling on and on about this particular subject and even the Greatest Royal Rumble itself. Now, uh, let's get into the matches, the real reason why we're recording and the yep. wrestling. So uh, we started out the match, and I'm, I'm trying to remember these, not just off the top of my head, but what order. I'm yeah. trying to remember, and so these are not going to be in order. We're going to do all of them, but it's not going to be in order. So we started off with Triple H and John Cena. That's the first thing that I do remember. Pretty much, there were some spots. It went it went on a little bit longer, and of course, I can nitpick at each spot that there was. I thought it was good back and forth with Triple H. He would do the he he mocked John with the "You can't see me" quite a yeah. bit. He did it, I think, twice. He did the yeah, yeah. He, he did the chop to the crotch for the suck it and. Uh, then not only that, but like I remember a couple of the of the botches that happened. Actually, the biggest botch that I remember was John Cena trying to do a drop kick or whatever from across the yeah. ring, and doesn't make it all the way. And then Triple H was supposed to like power bomb him or something. Doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, that, that was bad, man. Well, they the announcers were like, "It is a spine buster, modified spine buster," and I'm like, "Uh, Good okay." Cover by the announcers. I'll give them that. I, yeah, that was quick thinking, so I'll give them that much. The next thing that was that was for me there, they started off with a test of strength good old-fashioned wrestling wise uh the only thing and i wouldn't even consider it a botch was uh triple h and john uh talking to each other that you could hear them like yeah as as normal with cena but i didn't think triple h had it in him to talk that loud so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this match for me like uh, two of my favorite wrestlers ever because they're two of the greatest ever and like but it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be because I was kind of like, oh, you're putting Cena and Triple H in the same ring in 2018. Uh, okay. But it was really, it was a lot, like I said, a lot better than I expected it to be. This is the first time in a long time I've heard Cena not get John Cena sucks, like along with his music. Saudi Arabia loves that guy, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they're just happy to be there. Another yeah, thing, that, that too. Another thing that I thought was pretty funny was the fireworks that happened for majority of the big players. And so, like... Yeah, man. They went, they went all out with, like, the production on this show. I was like, this is why Vince took away all of our pyro. He was saving it up for Saudi Arabia. You sell that's exactly out. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he was doing. That's why I was sitting there thinking, he's he sold out. That's why I'm very bitter about it him selling out to Saudi Arabia over the women's revolution. No, that's a that's a total joke. We just talked about oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Anyways, where, where would you rank this on the matches of the night? Middle, lower of the pack. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was decent, but there, the other matches were, you know, pretty good. So, yeah, Cena picking up the victory and surprising and him saying that he was not, even though, you know, a lot of things have happened, which him and Nikki finished, they broke up, and yeah. he's he's busy he, he's busy in Hollywood now a lot more. He is, uh, 
It was really it was really interesting for him to get on the mic and cut a promo to a majority crowd that probably doesn't understand what he's saying. But you know, yeah. Props to him for actually being there though, and him and for the ones that did understand what he was saying, they they heard him say that he was not going to miss that for anything. Whatsoever. Yeah, and that that crowd was actually like like pretty raucous during this. Uh, during this match, I was, I was I was pleasantly surprised by how into it they were. Oh yeah, the only thing I would say that I'm very jealous about was if you looked, you'd see in the front rows those big comfortable seats that some oh, of the man. <laughs> that some those of the lucky princes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, look, I've been crammed into some wrestling venues before. Like when we went to Ring of Honor, man, it, we were tight in there. Yeah, I remember. Well, I remember it being tight when you and me went to SmackDown. I yeah, remember man. when it was tight when you and me went to Raw both times. So yeah, I know. So like, man, we need more of those. Yeah, exactly. That's that's more I'd my speed. I'd be willing to pay like thirty bucks more for some of those. It, it doesn't even have to look that good. It just you know I don't want anybody just, that close to me like in, yeah, a, just, in the chair. Just that much room. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It could be just a plain wooden bench if I had that much room, seriously. <laughs> okay. So getting on to the next match that I have here for the list, and we're gonna talk about the ladder match. Uh this may not have been the next match, uh probably wasn't. But it's uh Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins versus the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. Walking in, Seth Rollins is the champ. We saw a lot of things that happened in this match. There to me there was nothing really worth remembering because I felt like it was just another ladder match really yeah. up until the very end like I was, I was, I was going to say the only thing memorable really was the end yeah alright well I'll, I'll give you the honor since I talked about the last match so go for it <laughs> so this match like I love I love every single person in this match so it was great and like they're all they're all great in ring all cut great promos so like this was just uh, this was like you know, fantastic. And honestly, this is like a WrestleMania caliber match, to be honest. Like, just on paper, it's a WrestleMania caliber match. So we saw like some decent spots, like people getting thrown into ladders and Samoa Joe running over people with ladders because he's Samoa Joe and he can do whatever he wants to. But the ending of the match was the best part because it looked like Finn Balor was about to grab the gold belt that he has longed for for so long. The Intercontinental Championship. He was going for it, going for it. And then out of nowhere, and it's not an RKO, but out of nowhere, Seth Rollins jumps off the rope onto the ladder and basically steals the belt from Finn Balor. And I thought that ending was super cool uh, and gives the dynamic to, like, this pseudo feud that we've got going on with Balor and Rollins where, like, they really, they, like, respect each other, but Balor really wants to take Seth's belt. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was flushed out a little bit more on Monday Night Raw. I had to watch the highlights today because I didn't watch it last night. But same here. Uh, yeah, like I thought. I thought that was. I thought that was like really well done on WWE's part. It felt like to me, and this is this may be just me, that it felt like it was a little more safe. Um, than your yeah. normal ladder match. And I think that's probably because they didn't want any of those guys injured. And, you know, they shouldn't, but, like, like that's why they didn't go all the way out because that's not the main event either. So Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that the match was, like, the match was good. Um, and it just, 
like I said, adds another dynamic to that feud or pseudo feud we've got going on with those two guys. And so, yeah, it, it was definitely safe, but it was cool, I thought. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So where would you put the match? Uh, up, upper tier, and that may, that may be just because I'm super biased towards all of those guys, but uh, upper tier of the night for sure. Fair enough. Well, on to the next match that I got here on the list, and we have the Woken Warriors versus the Bar. They're not really called the Woken Warriors, but... That's what we're calling them on Culture of Personality, okay? And that's what they shall forever be known. They're the greatest tag team in all of the universe. And all the seven realms, whatever. <laughs> it and is all that 20 dimensions. 20 dimensions, yes. I don't. I I probably botched up those numbers, but it doesn't matter. So that's uh, whatever they change anyway. They do. Uh, they do. It was like seventy-five in TNA, but of course it's it's with WWE. It's T and Who. Anyways, uh, going off of that, uh, the they both have been contesting in the tournament for an incredibly long time. And they have been trying their absolute best. Who's going to win the Raw Tag Team titles? The bad part about it was is that the Superstar Shake-Up happened and the bar went to SmackDown. So, Yeah, exactly. That's why it was, it was super predictable. Yeah. So, like, uh, again, there was nothing really too memorable from this match. Uh, there were there were... There was one botch, and it was Shane, it was like a spot when Sheamus forgot that he had tagged in. So, yeah. like other than that, like I, I watched the match, didn't really find anything memorable. I, I will say I do like their their tag move, the uh, the Woken Warriors uh, finishing move together. Yeah, it, absolutely. Like I I love the Woken Warriors as tag team champs. But my main problem with this match is everyone knew who was going to win it. The Raw tag team was going to win the Raw Tag Team Champions Championship. But I thought it was a decent match. I mean, I, I put it like middle of the pack for the night because it was just kind of like uh, C, C-plus maybe. Like not terrible. You're not failing. But oh, yeah. you're not top of the class either. So worst match of the night by the sounds of it or what you're saying? Uh, no. I don't know. Okay, that's fair. I know what my worst match is, but we'll get into that. So the so we'll get into that. So nothing else other than the Woken Warriors won um, yeah. and finished off the the tournament that they were having on Raw for it uh, for these vacant titles, which Braun Strowman and Nicholas had uh, to vacate because Nicholas has well school. So he had snack time and nap time and you know stuff like that. So I, I get it. <laughs> All right, on to the next one. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos. Gonna be honest, uh, and this was for. And before I get into that, I'll give you guys some more information. It was for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles, and the Bludgeon Brothers have just torn it up. Like I'm saying, they are tearing it up, and they they are yeah. They dominated the New Day and the Usos at WrestleMania. So the Usos get the rematch. Uh, that they so well deserved, and the Usos, who I, I I'm loving SmackDown's tag team division. I'm just being honest. I'm loving it so it's, much. It's it's great right now, man. Uh, with the Bludgeon Brothers holding the titles, and you know, 
Personally, I think they're just copying War Machine still is kind of my take on it, but I'm actually really enjoying it just because it's been a long time since we've had a brawling type of tag team come through the WWE. So the the Usos, uh, I just like their gimmick and how it was, but... Uh, again, there was nothing really memorable about this match. It wasn't necessarily a back-and-forth match. There were a couple times where, you know, okay, compared to WrestleMania, this was a better match. And, oh, absolutely. And not to say that I don't like to see somebody get, like, just pummeled and don't enjoy that every, you know, occasion. But uh, I actually thought during this that the Usos were going to win because they did not get defeated in a short amount of time. Now, this was a pretty short match, but not as short as WrestleMania and not as short as, you know, any anything else that happens throughout the night. So this is, uh, this is actually, I thought this was a better match than especially the Raw Tag Team Titles match. Yeah, for sure. And so I don't want to say this is, obviously this is not match of the night, but I thought this one was pretty, was pretty good. So uh, let me ask you this. Um, where would you put the match? Near the bottom, honestly, like it was good, but it wasn't great. Right. Uh, it's kind of a, a step above the Raw Tag Team Championship match, but still not just fantastic either. Okay, so we're building a list here. We're getting good with it. All right, on to the next match: Jinder Mahal versus Jeff Hardy for the United States title match i think this was a close second to worst match for me and it's not because i don't like gender and it's not because i've started to not like jeff hardy i am not saying that i hate jeff hardy or that i'm losing interest in him i'm not putting this match where where it is because of any of those factors i'm putting it there because this just wasn't a good match out of all of it like it wasn't and i'm like i'm kind of like disappointed in this match because gender has gotten better in the ring i'll give credit where credit is due he's still not my favorite but he's got he's gotten slightly better jeff is one of the all-time greats obviously a grand slam champion now but unfortunately the only thing with that jeff's got going for him right now is he's a crowd favorite he doesn't really have much of his character fleshed out and i hope we get more of that with his u.s title reign but this match was kind of meh to me yeah as well. where you put the match uh, it, it was probably the worst match of the night for me honestly okay all right uh jeff picked up the victory and good. he retained the title so it was it was good all right uh let's go with cedric alexander versus callisto for the cruiserweight championship cedric alexander off the heels of his victory at wrestlemania and I was very happy because we've talked about it on our last podcast. He was It was one of the best matches, uh, one of the better matches of the night at WrestleMania. So what you, did you did you catch this match? Did it? Did it? Yeah, yeah, I watched this match. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it was the second match actually on for the night. Um, and it was, it was great. You got two of the most athletic 205 livers in the ring. Um, it was good. I'm glad Cedric retained, but it looked like there for a moment that, like, oh, man, Kalisto's fixing to take this Cruiserweight championship. Uh, but as you may know, that it was supposed to be actually Buddy Murphy, but he didn't make weight, which I think is an interesting storyline. And I think that's, like, I think that's, I think that's cool, and I'm excited to see what they do. And apparently 
Uh, I've got to watch 205 Live tonight because Cedric Alexander says he's signing a returning superstar. I don't know if it's Neville. It might be Noam Dar. Noam Dar might be back. But fingers crossed that it's Neville. We can dream, right? Yeah, we can dream. I know Mac's going to be dreaming about it all night long. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, so where would you put this match? One of the better ones up on the card or? This was the best match of the night for me. Really? Okay. All right. Yep. All right. I'll take it. So I'll say that it was my second favorite match. So going off the heels of that, The Undertaker versus Rusev in a casket match. And I'll kind of build the bridge for this one, if that's okay with you. Well, we had a very interesting thing happen with good old Rusev Day. Um Rusev had been tweeting on social media about his disple- uh, his displease or displeasure of him fighting the Undertaker, and he knew that Undertaker was going to beat him. Like it's just obvious after what he just saw at WrestleMania. So Rusev in a casket match, like he, I laughed because he, the caption was "Bury me softly, brother," and so uh, it was very interesting to see that now. Coming off of that, Lana was not happy. Caused a lot of problems with management. He lo- he. They changed it to Chris Jericho, but then for whatever reason, something happened where they promised Rusev some some good, and he or maybe more money or something. They've promised him something because otherwise he wouldn't have done this. Or. Yeah. Or maybe out of the goodness of his heart, he was like, I'm never going to get to fight The Undertaker again, so I might as well do it. I doubt that's it, but um, who knows? So in this match, Rusev Day was was actually booed, which that's a very different thing for me. Um, Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's The Undertaker, and it's probably a lot of casual fans. Oh yes. Crowd, so that, that makes sense. Oh yes. So we got Rusev to come out first. Undertaker uh, took his took his time as usual to get to the ring, and then also examine the casket. Uh, Rusev, being the heel that he was, bounced around quite a bit, and I don't want to say bounce around, but he like slid out of the ring, tried to get away yeah. from the Undertaker, tried to do everything. Aiden English got involved. Like I thought this match was a lot better than what it was going to be. I was like goodness gracious like i am i am so surprised at what happened i am i'm surprised even rusev took as long as as he did because uh of course he lasted longer than cena so in my mind rusev is better than cena so yeah i don't think there's any debate about that (laughs) i still love you cena you're my boy (laughs) okay so undertaker Burying, I don't want to use the word bury, but put beating Rusev and Aiden English, even though Aiden English was not in the match, put them both in the coffin, in the casket, and shut it tight. And Undertaker won. And Undertaker had his moment in Saudi Arabia for the very first time. So I think that match was pretty good. Uh, I would say it's my fourth favorite match on the list, so it's kind of close to halfway on that. Yeah. But I thought it was on the upper part of the match card in my mind. What do you think? Yeah, it was definitely better. I tell you what, man, Undertaker looked good. He looked good at WrestleMania, but he—I mean, 
he looked good. Like, obviously, this is not prime Undertaker right now because uh, of his age and his hip problems and all that stuff. But, I mean, Undertaker Undertaker looked good, he, and he looked, he looked motivated. He looked like he wasn't going through the motions, which is good. Obviously, we all knew Rusev was going to lose, but just a small, tiny glimmer of me, glimmer of hope in me was like, hey, Rusev might win, and that would be crazy because I'd be crazy conflicted on that, but that would be really good for Rusev. Absolutely. Uh, but, like, like you said, probably fourth favorite match, like near the middle, but not quite the middle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, going off of that, let's continue on with the matches. Um, and here we are, we're in the last, we got three left here, so let's let's get this down pat. AJ Styles versus Nakamura. And, yes. And if you want to build this match up or describe what happened, or I can, whatever really works best. So. Well, I would I would describe I would I would talk about this match, but match, but I know speak English. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing that's happening on SmackDown right now. So. Yeah, like Nakamura as a heel, I was I was very I was very cautious about this, and I was I was, I was not gonna lie, I was I was. I was legitimately worried about Nakamura turning heel. So he, he's doing such a good job as a heel, and I, I'm excited about where this is going. The match was pretty good. It added another element to the story. I don't know why Shinsuke insists on using low blows. I know it's just a heel tactic, but eventually Shinsuke is just going to actually have to fight the man without ever going for a low blow. Uh, so let's hope that happens soon. But, yeah, this match was – Probably my second favorite match of the night. It was definitely much better than their WrestleMania match. Well, not much better, but better than their WrestleMania match for sure. Oh yes. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan anytime anytime either one of them steps into a ring. So. Yeah, I don't think they wanted to uh, do it all in one bit. I guess we just had to stick with the storyline and see where it kind of went from there. So exactly. uh, was Shinsuke, uh, was it a count out or was it a, I'm trying to remember it what a, it was. It was, a, it was a double count out. Right, that's so, what I thought. So AJ retains, um, but it's one of those ways where like Nakamura would be like, well, you didn't actually beat me at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Oh yes, so we're gonna see where this this goes. Uh, I saw on social media earlier today he's demanding a uh, he's demanding an apology from AJ Styles. So this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting where this goes. So the story's getting good. Yeah. So now, well, at least for now, we've uh, and as so many doors are opening right now on the SmackDown on the SmackDown side of things, we also have on the other side of it. We have some chapters that are closing for right now. Case in point, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Well, that one ain't closing anytime soon, man. Oh. Uh, well, not hopefully. But it, it's, it may not close until SummerSlam, to be honest with you. And it, it looks like Brock's well on his way to beat CM Punk's record of the longest, like, world championship title reign in like modern air or whatever whatever cm punk holds for like longest title reign or something like that right. obviously like it's bruno san martino but second place <laughs> absolutely i think that for now the book needs to be closed and 
Somebody else probably needs to take that title off of Brock. The question that was kind of asked about it, to me, this is what WWE is facing right now. They either let Brock continue to hold it. He shows up. He doesn't even put on great quality matches anymore, in my opinion. Brock is beginning to kind of go stale. We've talked about it before where you're kind of tired of Brock Lesnar and him holding that title and only showing up half the time. Where on the other end of it, if we go ahead and crown Roman Reigns as the champion again, um, could it be too early like the other times? And it's a big question of not, not him being a bad performer in the ring, but it's him still not feeling like he's over with the fans because it's just, it's, it is what it is. And they've got to do either the right thing or I, I don't know. Here's the sad thing that WWE is going to have to face is that for a while, and when I say a while, I mean probably 10 years because Roman's probably got another. 10 years easily a full-time wrestling in him. Yeah. For a while, probably eight of the next 10 years, generously, uh, full-time wrestling he has in him, barring any injuries. Because like, I don't hate Roman as a guy. I just hate him as a performer. Uh, like, as a character, basically. And they're going to have to face that for a while he is not going to be over with the crowd. I mean, he got... I mean, he got, like, booed bad in did he really? last night. Oh, my gosh, dude. I guess I didn't watch it, and I watched it on YouTube, and, like, the boos were definitely muffled, but everything I saw on Twitter and other articles that people watched it live, man, like, he was, like, like, they, like, were just, like, Canada's crowd was just, like, not having it last night with Roman. Oh no, I'm I'm same way. I mean, you remember when we were I mean, went I'm not surprised that that happened, <laughs> but man. Yeah, there was supposedly like uh, Wrestle Talk News reported that they had uh, WWE. They the main guy on Wrestle Talk News believed that they had planted some Roman fans in in part of uh, some of the arenas. Not the greatest Royal Rumble, but. Yeah. Uh, at, at a raw That's show. Right, raw. And, and here's the thing. It wouldn't surprise me if that happened. But here, here's one thing about Roman. He seems to be super over with the kids. Um, so, like, I kind of feel weird when I go to WWE events and I see Roman and I'm booing him. But there's a, there's a kid right next to me. He's like, oh, my gosh, he's my favorite. I'm like, I'm so sorry, kid. But he actually really sucks. Well, it's just the way that they paint it. So, it's... Yeah. It's... It, it is what it is in that. So let's talk about the match. We've we've talked about the politics and the things that are happening with us as fans and everything. But let's talk about the match as itself. Nothing really interesting happened except for the ending in it. And there were a couple chair spots. Uh, my Probably one part that I really laughed at, because I, I didn't watch much of it. I just went ahead and skipped it. And I looked at, looked at the news of what happened later. Um there was chair spots. There was Brock beating Roman. Roman beating Brock with chair, you know, back and forth. Uh, my favorite spot was when Roman was about to get out of there and Paul Heyman comes running in and slams the door. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just thought that was pretty funny to me. 
They ended the match with some controversy because uh, they had been saying over and over again, both feet have to hit the floor. Guess what? Yeah. They go through the cage. Roman Spears and Roman's feet t- touch the f- floor first. They say Brock touched touched the floor, even though his feet didn't. Said he touched the floor. So yeah, and he was he was on top. He was on top of the like the steel cage, and the ref actually like tweeted out and I don't know if it was the official account I think it was that he, he realized he made a mistake and he apologized but like it was, like the decision was final um, so like, like I, I'm like okay well you know here's the thing like you can't reverse that decision I guess but uh, it's I don't know man it was it was, it was just so weird because it's like okay, are you going to give Roman the title or not? Because you're not actually making us more sympathetic towards him. It's like it's like a long, painful surgery that you just want to be over. It's like getting your teeth pulled, but the dentist is taking like 10 hours to pull one tooth. Like, man, we get it. It's going to happen. Just hurry up and do it already. The greatest Royal Rumble. Greatest Royal Rumble to ever hit anywhere, and it took place in Saudi Arabia, meaning that if they decide to go to another country that allows them to come in, they're going to put on another Greatest Royal Rumble match, and it's going to be 60 people this time instead of 50. God, they're going to have to hire so many people for one-day contracts. It's going to be insane. Now, we saw some returns. We saw Rey Mysterio come back. We saw Mark Henry come back. We saw a lot of people. We got that sumo wrestler who I don't remember his name right now. Oh yeah, um, I don't either. But uh, this is uh, Kali. We did have Kali. Yes, we had him back. Uh, we had a lot of the two hundred five guys that were in there. We there are a couple of your NXT boys that were in there, and you don't yeah, even yeah. know who they Dan are. So. <laughs> Roddy Strong, Tucker Knight, my boys, holding it down for the yellow and gold best brand of WWE. Well, now that Daniel Bryan's I'm back, I will de- I will debate you. So, <laughs> Dude, Daniel Bryan can tear it up in NXT, man. Oh yeah, but he's he's already went through that, so he's done. So that, uh, that's fair. He, he he graduated. Yeah, well, that was back when NXT was a reality show. So. Oh yeah. Oh. Anyway. Poor, Poor guys. Anyways, going along with that, going along with the entire Rumble match. We had a lot of things that happened. So let's try and hit some high points in it. Mike Kanellis broke the record for shortest entry. Well, I don't think he did because I read somewhere that it was like he actually spent three seconds in the ring. Ah, which, okay. Which is not the shortest because like, I think Santina Morella was like 1.8 or something like that. So. Yeah, yeah. So there was that. So he he okay. Well, he was close enough to it. He said it. He was close. He, yeah. He said it in Saudi Arabia. So um, he said what the record would be in Saudi Arabia. So when they go back and do another Royal Rumble, we'll we'll see. Um, yeah. Let's see what else happened. Daniel Bryan broke Rey Mysterio's record. Um, yep. Uh, Which for, I thought was I thought that was good. You know, it sucks to see see like someone like Mysterio get their record broken but it was Daniel Bryan so like whatever oh absolutely but I'm trying to think of what else we had the famous Titus worldwide slide and oh man the slide heard around the world yeah he uh apparently the shock master has taken 
has given the mantle on to Titus O'Neill. So uh, Titus was making his entrance, running down, slid. Uh, a lot of botches. That was the biggest one. A lot of botches throughout the entire throughout the entire event. Um, you know, I got. I'm kind of tired of wa- watching Titus slide. Yeah, man. I, I'll, I'll never. I'll never get tired of that slide, man. Uh, heard around the world, man. You can't hate on it. We had Braun Strowman. He won the ti- He won the trophy. He won the title. Um, what'd you think about the match overall? What'd you think about the Rumble match? Well, I actually haven't watched all of it, uh, but it was shame. Yeah, for what I, shame. I for what I saw of it, like it was, it was good, man. I mean, fifty guys in one ring, like takes a lot of like direction and like knowing what you're gonna do, knowing what you want to do. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was good. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was better than this past year's. Royal Rumble, but it was it was fine. Yeah, I didn't hate it. yeah. So pay, here we are finishing out as we finish out with everything pay per view overall. What what do you give it? What do you say? Just meh. Was it pretty decent? I don't even know if I it was it, a pay per view. I think it was more of an event because it was on the network. Yeah, more of like an event. Like it felt like a pay per view, but it was more of like an event than anything. But for what it was, like I'm not complaining. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Well, that's been the greatest Royal Rumble. That's been our take on it. I think that it was, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was the worst thing I've ever seen put on by WWE, and it's definitely not the best thing that I've ever seen. True. But I'll give it this. I thought it was better than WrestleMania. No. I I don't know. That's tough. Uh, But I can see why you think that. Oh, yeah, because I think it was Styles Nakamura 2 was better than 1. And I have my own list of reasons in that, and we'll we'll maybe get into that one day. But for now, we've done our fair share of talking. And so, all right, well, this is... You good? You good? I'm I'm good, man. Sorry, I'm in Walmart now. Okay, well... I've been Drew from Culture of Personality, a.k.a. The Pigeon, and I've been here with Nighthawk. Daniel, any parting words? Man, it's been fun. Greatest Royal Rumble. Like, just go watch it, because, like, it's actually a cool moment, and just be cautiously optimistic about all of it. Oh, yes. I agree. I agree. All right. So, that Rumble was the greatest ever, at least what WWE tells us. So... That's been it. And with that, we're signing off. Stay beautiful. (laughs) 